Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. Hello. Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to reach. New Tech City. The relationship between a baby and its teddy bear, or a baby and its binky, or a baby that wants its mother's cradle when it's done with being held by a stranger. (laughs) That's the relationship between me and my phone. I think of my phone like a power tool. Extremely useful, but dangerous if I'm not handling it properly. If I don't pay close attention, I'll suddenly realize that I've lost an hour of time doing something totally mindless. I think I treat my phone as sort of this like friend, like a best friend, who has all of the, the best and worst qualities. I'm sort of passive and let this friend take the reins. They'll run away with me and distract me and make my life crazy. From WNYC, this is New Tech City, where digital gets personal. I'm Anoush Zamarodi. You just heard listeners Jeremy Kelly, Jesse Batalana, and Jack Smith all talking about how they feel about their phones. And for many of us, that relationship has gotten so freaking emotional, intense, tangled, sometimes even torturous. I've found that every moment I get on the subway, standing in line, just after I put the kids to bed, what do I do? I fill every crack in my day. When I used to space out, I look at my phone usually playing my game of choice, two dots on the sly. And in fact, when I think about it, since 2008, when I first got a smartphone, I have never had to be bored. Seven years later, I'm starting to find that disconcerting. Am I missing out on something by not being bored anymore? This episode is about the answer I found, and the challenge that it led me to. And it might lead you to it as well, or someone you know who feels emotional about their phone. To kick off my journey, I went in search of someone who could tell me what is going on in our brains when we do nothing, when we are bored. And I found the perfect guy. It's weird because basically I just studied it right from the beginning of my scientific career, really. Oh, I love that sexy Scottish brogue. Cognitive neuroscientist Dr. Jonathan Smallwood is one of the preeminent researchers on what's called mind-wandering, and he kindly fit in a phone call with me before making dinner at his home in the UK. Really what we're talking about is the capacity to think independently of our surroundings. He says the human mind has been studied for hundreds of years, but it's just in the last decade or so that researchers are really starting to understand mind-wandering. There's a, a close link between originality, novelty and creativity on the one hand, and these sort of spontaneous thoughts that we generate when our minds are idle. He says creativity and daydreaming, they are peas in a pod. Which is a problem if my mind never gets a chance to be idle because of my phone. The smartphone solution probably takes away the boredom, but it also denies us this chance to see and learn about where we truly are in terms of our goals. 
Okay, so that phrase, see and learn about where we truly are in terms of our goals. Neuroscientists have a, have a very specific phrase for this. They call it autobiographical planning. And boredom helps us do it. We let our minds wander and the thoughts turn inwards. It's natural. It is important. Legendary Yale psychologist Jerome L. Singer calls this positive constructive daydreaming. Neuroimaging can now prove, and I'm quoting singer and scientist Scott Barry Kaufman here, quote, daydreaming is the default mental state of the human mind. And in these fMRIs, they can see our brain network that does it. It's crazy. Okay, here's the other crazy thing. No one knows the consequences of smartphones disrupting this tendency of ours to daydream. Researchers have only started studying it. So that means by the time that they figure it out, I will have been staring at my phone for like 20 years. Okay. If the researchers can't get to it, we will. Together. In a minute, more about how boredom and creativity are linked and the lengths that we might need to go to to have our most creative thoughts. Now I look back on that, I'm like, thank God I did that because like this, this, this is my life now. And it all kind of was born out of boredom. Jad Abumrad of Radiolab, coming up. We're back. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is New Tech City. And I'm thinking about how my phone has invaded every spare moment in my life. And I'm also thinking, you know, my kids don't seem to have the ability to get bored. They don't seem to ever get to the point where they might transition into daydreaming. At the slightest hint of nothing to do, they whine, they contort their little faces, and then, of course, they ask for my phone. And I'm ashamed to say that I often give in. Oh, I have so little tolerance for their belly aching. And I kind of feel bad for them. Like they should be doing like brain puzzlers or something. But no, they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so my name's Dr. Sandy Mann. I'm a senior lecturer in psychology at the University of Central Lancashire. Psychologist Sandy Mann's research is deliciously paradoxical. And my specialist area, my specialist interest is, is, is boredom. I know. It doesn't sound very exciting, does it? But it is. It's really exciting. Check this out. Sandy wanted to know, what is the evolutionary purpose of boredom? Psychologists, they believe that all emotions have a reason. But boredom, blech, it's like so, seems so pointless. It's annoying. So Sandy did this study where she tried to get people as bored as she possibly could. The thing that I found that could get them the most bored was to get them to copy out phone numbers from a telephone directory. Picture it, okay? She puts a big fat phone book down in front of someone and says, go on, get copying. And then said to them, how many things can you think of, how many uses for two cups, two paper cups, you know, the sort you get at at a water cooler or plastic cups, can you think of? Scientists are so twisted. Okay, so after 20 minutes of copying names and numbers, Sandy says, All right, everybody, see these two boring cups? Tell me what you could do with them, what you could make. 
the less creative ideas were lots of different ways to use the cups as holding things, you know, so things, so, so, you know, the plant pots and things to put sand in in a sandbox. Okay, so not really crazy ideas, but Sandy wondered maybe the people weren't bored enough. So this time, instead of copying numbers out of the phone book, people had to just read the phone book for like 20 minutes. Man, did they get bored. And they started getting really creative. They came up with ideas to turn the cups into earrings, a telephone, all kinds of musical instruments. The best one was actually um, somebody who decided that they would make a really good bra, Madonna style. (laughs) Are you able to pinpoint what was happening when they were so bored and started to come up with these ideas? Once you start daydreaming and allow your mind to really wonder, you start thinking a little bit beyond the conscious, a little bit into the subconscious, which allows sort of different connections um, to take place. It's really awesome, actually. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I got interested in boredom was I didn't have boredom in my life anymore, and I wondered if I was missing out on something. You are, and we all are, because we're all guilty of this. You know, go to any airport or train station platform, and everyone's there staring at their screens, scrolling and swiping, and they're missing out on boredom, and this is a, a real problem. I mean, the answer... We can't give up our phones, right? What do you think the right answer is then? Ah, that's the thing. It takes a real stretch of your comfort zone. And people actually get really frightened of being away from the internet and being away from communication. But when you do it, you suddenly discover things about yourself and about your brain, your capabilities. You come up with some great ideas, whether that's to do with redecorating a house or some great idea of something to cook for dinner that night or a great idea for a book or, in my case, a piece of research. I think that we should be bored and I think we we should embrace boredom. I think we need to bring boredom back into our lives. You know, you come up with the really great stuff when you don't have that easy, lazy, junk food diet of the phone to scroll all the time. Bring boredom back. Liberate it. New Tech City has decided to heed Dr. Sandy Mann's call to arms and that is why we are launching Bored and Brilliant the lost art of spacing out. It's happening the first week of February. Every day that week, you'll get a challenge that has been designed to help you rethink your relationship with your phone and be more creative. So when I walked upstairs and I told my colleague, Hi. Radio Lab's Jan Abumrad, about this project. We're talking about boredom? Yeah, we're talking about boredom. He was totally hot on boredom. In fact, he said it was boredom that made his career. I, I think about it in terms of my own childhood too. Like mm-hmm. it, I, I, I grew up in Tennessee, pre-cell phone, pre-internet, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and my we parents were the same were, age, right? Yeah, forty-one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I, my parents were working late, so I would go and practice piano, and um, I remember I would sit there for long periods of time, just like furiously bored, furious, like enraged with how bored I was. Um, but that was all I could do. That was all I had uh, to, to fill the time. Now I look back on that. I'm like, thank God I did that because it's like this, this, this is my life now. Like I'm actually, I write music for the show that the entire way that the show is structured is like a, one musical act and it all kind of was born out of boredom. So you can even trace Radiolab all the way back to boredom. But guess what, folks? Even Jad, the most creative guy I know, a MacArthur Genius Award winner, He's got issues with his phone, too. It's like a, um, 
I actually described it to someone recently as a this annoying detachable limb, in some <laughs> sense. Um, that it's like it's always there. If it's not on my person, in some sense, I feel like somehow it's like a phantom, like phantom buzzing against my thigh. We're doing this project, bored and brilliant, the fine art of spacing out. I love. I, I'm, I'm in. I think that's great. But yes, a sustained effort to not pay attention. I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm in. Woohoo! So Jad from Radiolab is doing it. Maria Popova of the blog Brain Pickings, and so are a bunch of other interesting and smart people that we will be featuring on the podcast in the weeks leading up to February. And that week, the week of February 2nd, every day you'll get a mini podcast with more research and inspiration to guide you through. At the end, we're going to share the crazy ideas that we think you'll come up with when you get a very special mystery assignment. Okay, you're going to be hearing more about how that's all going to work. But for now, go to NewTechCity.org to sign up. When you're there, you're going to get a little bonus. As part of the Bored and Brilliant project, we've worked out a little partnership deal for you. There's an app that I really like that helps you take control of your phone time. I know, it's ironic, right? Anyway, this app is called Moment. It's for the iPhone right now, but we also have an Android option at NewTechCity.org. Moment tells you how many times a day you've picked up your phone. I'm averaging around 100, sometimes much, much more. Also, it tells you how long you spent on your phone. So it's going to help you set a goal for the Bored and Brilliant project. And it was built by a lovely guy, a developer who lives in Pittsburgh who had some major issues with his phone. When I first built Moment, I was probably close to, you know, 110 minutes a day or something like that, pretty close to two hours. And I've sort of whittled my way down from there. We can reclaim our relationship with our technology. Look, this is a tech show. I really don't think that swearing off our devices is the solution. You know, thanks to my phone, I can work full time and actually see my two children. And I am profoundly grateful for that. But it's time to figure out how I want my phone to be part of my life, where it fits in. Bored and brilliant. Let's do it together. Recruit your underperforming colleagues or that Snapchat-obsessed friend, or do it as a family. Maybe you'll finally solve that big issue at work, or you'll figure out how to really help your kid cope with exams. Or maybe even you'll come up with your next big business idea. That has got to be better than getting to another level of Candy Crush, right? Mindfulness is so 2014. Boredom is where it's at in 2015. Next week, we're hanging out with 16-year-old Grace. I'm a 16-year-old girl. I have an iPhone 4, and I'm going to record my activities on it for the next few days. We're calling this episode A Phone and Its Teenager. Subscribe to New Tech City so the podcast arrives without fail. And don't forget to sign up at newtechcity.org slash board. Bored and brilliant. It's going to be semi-scientific. It's going to make us smarter. I think it's going to be fun, actually. It's going to be great. Do it. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is New Tech City. Thanks for listening.
I accidentally dropped my phone in a toilet while on a business trip. I was thrilled, thinking I'd be out of touch for a while, and was then kind of amazed and crushed when my iPhone immediately turned back on and worked perfectly.